Hola, hola, episode 18, a word to your mama. Welcome. So this episode, I have two guests. We got the Dubla Dubes. We have someone representing Gen Y and someone representing Gen Z. I wanted to get a sense of how I was growing up in significantly different times than what we grew up as Gen X, and if anyone's listening, that's a boomer, that's older, whatever age, right? You know, social media, uh, shootings being normalized, all that. But I also wanted to start off the year to find out how are these younger whippersnappers dealing and coping with the ramifications of living in a world during the trash administration, a pandemic, all the social uprising, the impact of all of that on them, how they're coping um, and trying to make moves. And and because, you know, when you're young, when you're just starting out college or you just graduated college, these are huge transition phases and you're just trying to figure it all out. So I felt this would be great for all of us to get some insight and to learn from each other. Right. Because that's what we should be doing. Um, and also in the Supernatural Bear Corner, we have a little special special from the Supernatural Bear. Super short and sweet. It wasn't long like the last time when he was interviewing his uncle, but it's short and sweet, but spectacular. First timers, he's super hyped, super stoked. So yeah, let's start off with these amazing representations from the different generations that I've known since uh, in utero, if you will. So let's get it started. whole nother name and so I was like you know it used to be gopher shed or gopher something <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. um but they know what I'm talking about uh <laughs> okie dokies all right today we have a special special episode I wanted to start off the new year what 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 just happened oh, oh. Wait, how did what? How are we? I gotta take a picture of this because what are we doing? Wait, we're on Skype right now, kids, and I don't know what just happened. <laughs> this is pretty good. Mariana, did you just do that? Was it? Yeah, I might have changed. I changed the the screen view. It was like weird. <laughs> what? Your guys' screen? This. Yeah. So you see us? We're all in the steps. No, you guys are like. Just two. <laughs> Anna, I you see what I see, right? Steps. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm in the, the back row, and, and Mariana's yeah, next to me you. and you're in front. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that, Mariana? No, it's just like. Oh, my, one, I'm going to put two. in the chat what I what I just took a snapshot. We were That's why we're like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Watch. I'm going to put it in there. <laughs> Look in the chat. Do you see that? Yeah. It's coming in. That's what we, we're like live talking, but we're in the steps. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty dope. But you don't see us like that. I do not know. How do we do that? How do we do that? That's weird. I have together mode. Are you on together yeah, mode? Same. I'm on together mode. Oh, Mariana. Changed it to uh, grid view. Okay, I can change it back. Put together mode. Do you see us like this now? Now I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is awesome. 
Mom, this is the new moon. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> So fucking funny. love it. I fucking love it. And your microphone is just coming out of the rock. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, let me close this window so you guys are bigger. Oh, shit. You guys are... The steps just got closer. <laughs> okay. That was amazing. I'm probably going to keep part of that in because that's amazing. Um, together mode, kids. If you guys are listening and you want to be on Skype with multiple people, together mode. And then... Did you put that background, Mariano? I, I guess I just I so I was in together mode and then I switched it back to grid view and then I guess it put you guys into it. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> but I this did. is your background. No, no, my background was the loft looking thing. Oh, so together mode and we get into the the greenery. We're on some steps. I'm gonna post it's, this picture. We're on some steps. This is awesome. Um, Okay, so what I was saying, focus, focus, focus. So what I was saying was, I wanted to start off the year with one of, like, we're, you know, you just heard probably one or two episodes starting off 2021, but I wanted to definitely, in the first month of the year, wanted to have uh, representatives of Gen Y and Gen Z up in here. Because I, especially you two, because I talk about you guys Probably in every episode, I mentioned something like Anna, you know, my niece, UCLA, you know, my gata, Mariano, da, 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 especially on the relatives episode, because that's your mama. So before I get into it deeply, let's let's let you introduce yourselves. OK, Anna, go first. You're Jen, you're the rep for Gen Z. <laughs> Oh, okay. So hi, I'm Anna. I am 19. I'm about to be turning 20, which like I realized the other day, which is also crazy out of my teen years. Um, (laughs) I go to UCLA. Um, I'm a sophomore. And uh, right now I'm majoring in neuroscience, but hopefully I'm going to be adding on American Indian Studies major. Um, But we'll see how that works. Um, And then at school, uh, my job is an academic peer counselor for Mecha, which is for like Latino and Chicanx students. Sweet. Um, And then tell where where are you at now? But where were you like, you know, you were on campus, but now you're where where are you at? Uh, Yeah, so I was in Westwood in my apartment. And then now I'm in Cloverdale up north quarantining. Hopefully everything goes well and then I can spend time with my grandparents before I go back to school. Awesome. Okay, Mariano, up next. Yo, uh, Mariano, um, 25, uh, went to Arizona State University, uh, got my degree in tourism development and management. Uh, I currently work for Elevate Tickets, which was known as uh, the Gingerbread Shed. Uh, We sell tickets for live events, uh, probably for your favorite music festivals, things like that. I, I guess I'm representing Gen Z and Millennial. I'm on the I'm on the cusp. You're on the both. cusp, but you so you're yeah, yeah you're Gen you're Gen Y. Me? Yeah. I'm millennial Gen Z, I think. I thought. Millennial is Gen Y. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I looked I see, up the age. Yeah. So you're on the cusp, but you're like millennial yeah. Gen Y, um, because yeah. of your age when you were born. Oh. Um and then, yeah, so I was, like, looking it up because I just know mine. And I was like, I don't know. I know mine and millennials. I know boomers, Gen X, and millennials. And then I was like, what is Anna? And then I, was, and then I looked it I, up. I was like, let me look it all up. I didn't even, but, 
But when I wanted, like, I was like, do I, I wanted to have you guys on and I was thinking separately, but I was like, no, let's have them on together because I feel like you guys will have a lot of things in common, but at the same time, there'll be a, a, a difference, right? Because, um, you're, you're out of Mariano, you're out of you. How many years has it been? Two, three years? Yeah. 2017 was when I graduated. Couple years out, so you're in that certain yeah. phase of early adulthood, right? And then Anna, yeah. you're in college, second year, um, and so I was like, "Let me get them on. Let's have these discussions. Just have a convo. Talk about so many different things. Plus, you guys are, um, you know, BIPOC, and and Anna, you're multi-race. Mariano también because you're, you know, half." Dominican, Dominicano, and we can also talk about those types of things. So I just was like, I feel like you guys touch on so many different points. Um, so we're going to talk about some serious shit, but we're also going to talk about some fun shit. Um, you know, just how <laughs> we'll talk about music and, you know, Anna, we'll talk about our last concert pre-pandemic <laughs> and uh, so many music memories with Mariana over here. Because oh, yeah. like I've said before, even though we're not blood related, you got your music taste from me. And not your mama, because her taste 100%. sucks. Because her taste sucks. Um, so what I wanted to kind of just start off on is what's happening right now. How being so young and transitioning during this past four years, a lot has changed for you, Anna. You've gone from high school to college. Um, Mariano, you as well. You went from college to like adulting full time. But also at the same time, it's been during this trash administration. How has that impacted your lives? Have you been, are you more civically active? Whoever wants to start. That's <laughs> our looking in the sky and the trees. <laughs> I, I, I can start, honestly. Um... Yeah, no. Uh, I I remember it was 2016 when Donald got elected, right? Yes. So yeah, um, yeah. I just remember being like in school, and this is like my junior year. So I remember seeing like you know friends, kids who I associated with, and their classmates starting wearing the red hats, mm. things like that, and it just kind of started to show people's true colors and things and how people truly And you're truly in Arizona, uh, yeah, predominantly in Arizona. red state. Yeah, it was a red state up until this year. Um, and like, I mean, it basically still is, you know, it's just 45 was on so much BS that people were over it, especially like the Navajo Nation out here dealing with how many COVID cases they had. They had so many people pass away. It's like, a, it's a tragedy, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a life. And I, I was in like, since my, my, uh, program is like a public policy program when I was in school mm -hmm. we had a lot of classes that were like not debate classes but you know you talk about real world stuff because you're dealing with the public all the time and so yeah it really showed just people's true colors um and then just like dealing with that transitioning into like adulthood in my career it it was just an all-around weird thing um I was I'm happy it like kind of happens because I've been able to see so much um, already in my adult yeah. career in life that it's like, oh, man, I'm happy this happened now when I'm, you know, 23, 24, 25 and not when I'm 
you know, 35 in my career being like, oh, well, I've never experienced anything like this, like mass layoffs and people getting fired and things like that. So it's been a lot. Um, It's been a huge, like, period of just dealing with transformations, you know, 401ks, (laughs) people sending you (laughs) life insurance. (laughs) Yeah, adulting. So, yeah, it's it's been real weird, but I appreciate it so far. And Anna, what, what about you? You went from high school to, to college uh, during a trans, trash administration. Um, and then we'll get into how the pandemic in general has impacted that. But how did the trash administration impact you first? Um, I think it was interesting for me because uh, so my high school was predominantly white. It was also very upper class. It wasn't even middle. It was like upper, <laughs> like very rich. Um, it was, yeah, it was a private school that was like 44. 40- 5k a year so obviously only a certain like wealth group can afford that and thankfully like we got financial aid so my family can afford that but it was really weird being in that like very rich white bubble um when he was elected because we all like I walked out all of my my close friends walked out a lot of them walked out but it was weird for them to like it was again like I said it was like a bubble because one of my teachers he was uh black he was also queer he was like their white tears it's like weird watching them because they're the group that's gonna be least affected by all this um so it was weird like coming to with that uh and then I definitely think that made me more civically engaged like going into college because I was already seeing a lot of what was happening in my high school which was predominantly white and then going to UCA which is like a big public school like I finally saw people who look like me and it wasn't just the one person in the grade um and so I think that definitely made me more inclined to like seek out those opportunities it was just I don't know it was so weird especially like being in that high school it's like I yeah I don't even know it's really weird described I think I'm thankful for it just because it forced me to like um really like find my identity more but it was just very awkward time definitely yeah that's interesting and and I also wanted to kind of get back so that people uh, know they know your age where you're at now but also Anna why don't you tell the people you're you're multi-race so what are the different uh ethnicities that we got going on here so that they know the different struggles happening within okay Um, yeah, this is interesting just because, I mean, we might get into it later, but I'm taking American, Intro to American Indian Studies in the fall, and, like, my whole identity got messed up by that. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> my dad's side is from the Philippines, um, and then my mom, my grandfather is Irish, and then my grandfa- grandmother is from New Mexico, so that's a whole mix of, like, Mexican, Spanish, and Navajo. Yeah. And then Mariano, and then you born and raised in um, the Bay, the Yay area. Please believe it. We yes. were watching um, <laughs> in two short verses and we were getting crazy. Yes. Um, we were getting stupid, if you will. Um, Mariano, um, Mariano, you have a very interesting background. And and I will say, too, when I was asking different people if they had any questions they wanted me to ask, generate, you know, Gen Y and Gen Z, um, you know, Chuchi, my rib. Erin Callahan that I talk about all the time, she was saying like, you guys are like exceptions to the rule. You guys are very well-rounded. You guys have had amazing support systems that have been exposed to, you know, the finer things of life, such as nineties music and and 80s music by, you know, you know, your aunties and uncles and stuff like that. But um, 
which is very, very true. But I feel like there's a lot of insight that people that may not have your backgrounds or may not have your experiences can relate to just on the fact that they look like you and they're going to have you know, go through the similar shit. But Mariano, you're also very interesting because you were in Japan for a long time. You grew up in Japan. So t- tell us a little bit about what you told me when you first came to the States, which was Florida Duval, and you were, and you were like, uh, this shit is easy. Education's easy here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, I was in Japan from third grade to 11th grade. Um, I moved to Jacksonville, Florida, um, November of my 11th grade year, which I believe was 2011, 2012. Um, but yeah, I got to Florida or my family got to Florida. Um, it was very different in Japan. It was very multicultural. I knew kids from all over the world and everything got to Florida. It was very black and white. You know, if you're black, you hang out with the black kids, white, you hang out with the country white kids. Um, but yeah, once we got into school, I remember, um, I was in a physics class and when I was in Japan, I was in physics, barely pushing a C, you know, kind of, one test away from, you know, a DF kind of, kind of range. And I get into the physics class and I'm just, I'm killing tests. I'm getting A pluses on tests and like all these things. And, uh, I'm having kids like cheat off me, which is like uh, foreign things to me. And so one day the teacher pulls me aside and she's like, Hey, um, can you show me what book you were using? Like when you were in Japan, I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. And she showed me like four books and I pointed to the one and I was like, Oh, that was the one we were using. She was like, Oh, I see that that's our honors book here. Like <laughs> you you definitely like have been doing some like more like I see why you're excelling the way you are. And, but yeah, it was a weird, weird concept and just weird move all in general. And so like how I feel like we've had this long discussions about this too. I feel like you I feel like you benefited a lot from those formative, those are major formative, third grade to eleventh grade being in Japan away from the fucking bullshit as you're, you're black and Dominican and, and you know, you, you present as a, a, a young black man and, and not having to deal with, it didn't matter if you were in Florida, West coast, wherever. Cause you know, we're originally from, from San Diego, you would have to deal with some extra bullshit and you didn't have that in Japan. And like you said, it was multicultural and you know, you're just in a whole nother space. Like how do you feel that you benefited from living in Japan besides, you know, having a better education because our education sucks here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I think about this all the time. Like, I mean, especially like in these last few months, it's just like, I, I think if I would have grown up in San Diego or if we just would have moved around in the States, you know, to like other naval states that are known to just move families around i think you know i either be doing something crazy i'd have a kid maybe um maybe even sports i i've thought about that you know i I played a lot of sports growing up and i i would say i was decent and if i would have stayed you know like maybe that would have been a route um but yeah no i think about it all the time i i just i don't think i would be in the same position i'm in now the same person I am now. Um, even I was skateboarding growing up, you know, um, I still don't think I would have the same mindset, the same grind, the same hustle, uh, to try to be who I am now and like want to help others and things like that. I think I'd be maybe more selfish. Um, 
I don't know. There's like, I think about it all the time. There's just a multitude of things, but I mean, growing up there, it's just, it's benefited me my whole time being here. Even now when I tell people I grew up in Japan or whatever my experience may have been, um, it's, it's still to this day benefits me. And I, I, I was so blessed to have grown up in Japan for as long as I did. Yeah. International. And then you too. And I think you have a similarity, like you didn't grow up abroad, but your family you know, every summer, multiple summers, you would go to Greece, you'd meet people, you made really good friends where even you went, right, you went to Germany to hang out with the friends that you made in yeah. Greece. And then you guys all went to Greece. And, you know, it's this international, like your family's multi, like you got, so basically, my mom died when I was in college. And so Anna's family, like my rib, Aaron and them, they took me in. And they exposed me to what an awesome family is. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that much drama because it was multicultural and they're very inclusive. And, you know, they made things that I thought were like, you know, high class, were, were like attainable, like just shit like pesto. Like, I was like, what is that? Like, <laughs> that seems fancy pants. You know what I'm saying? In college, I was like, that seems fancy pants. We're like, oh, no, it's super easy. Uh, what? Salad dressings from scratch? That's fancy pants. Like, do you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, your mom, like, um, like Mares, I call her, her name's Mary. I call her Mares. But, you know, she used to come down and visit us and bring us food. And then she used to kick the shit out of me. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Because I'd be like, I could take her. Because she was like, try to be a fighter fighter. And so, I mean, just like a bunch of stuff like that. So anyways, saying that is like, I was exposed through your family, who, who's now my family. That's why you're my niece, right? So you were exposed to other people, other cultures. You got to see other countries. Like, I feel like that also was a benefit to you because even though you're multicultural, multi-race, whatever, however you identify, you weren't in, you didn't, we weren't raised in a neighborhood. It was just one thing. And, and I think that's the same thing with you, Mariano, right? You're a multicultural. You weren't raised like, you know, and it's funny because when I was growing up, I, it was multicultural. It was like Filipinos and Mexicans were right by the border, you know, naval town, uh, stuff like that. But I was just like. I'm Mexican, I'm proud as hell, but I was like, I don't want to be in a neighborhood with just one thing, no matter what it was. And I like, and I feel like you guys all benefited from traveling abroad, being around different types of people and not being in like, you know, just like a super, uh, just one ethnicity, like, you know, oh, you, you're, you're part Filipino, so you just grew up in the Filipino hood or, you know, you're just, you know, what, you know, just in like, uh, you know, black hood or something like that, right? So I feel like you guys benefited from that. But I also wanted to see, Anna, you grew up with internet from jump? Like in school I think and stuff? pretty much, yeah. Mariano, or, you did it. Did you? It wasn't until, yeah, no, it was, I have a story. It literally wasn't until um, we moved to Japan and had to deal with like <laughs> learning the whole curve, like of learning computers and everything. Ah, so I, I felt that. I was like, I think Mariana had a little bit of time without it, but I think, Anna, you had it since Jump? Yeah, I think so. So I wanted to also find out, you know, we didn't have it. <laughs> like, when we were in college, it was a new thing, like a brand new thing. Um, and we had, like, AOL. We had the disc, and it took forever. We had to use the phone line. You couldn't be on the phone and use the internet. It was this whole fucking bullshit thing. Um <laughs> 
but it shaped us later on, right? The fact that we didn't have it and then we had it. So we're like, I feel that's why I feel like not to brag, but I'm going to brag. I feel like Gen X were pretty dope because we had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of both. But <laughs> how does that affect you guys? Like, because there's the younger generations that are growing up that from jump, right? Like, like, like Supernatural Bear, your guys' uh, cousin, he's growing up from jump with social media. So how does social media affect you guys? Do you guys just, we, for our generation, we're like, yo, we're so happy we didn't have it because you guys would be embarrassed of the shit that would be out there just of me, let alone your mama, Mariano, and, and your auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we're all together doing some, some stuff and it would be some embarrassing things that would live forever on the internet. Does it affect you guys? Do you guys think that way? Do you guys think like, oh, I shouldn't do this because it's going to be on the internet or not because you guys are kids and we're growing up and it, it didn't affect you that way? Um, for me, I definitely would say it still affects me. Um, because first of all, like all of you guys, all of my family follows me on Instagram, for example. <laughs> so like I cannot be wild now and posting like, I don't know, like bikini pics and all that because I know straight away I'm going to get texts from all of you guys. <laughs> Like, so that is just not, that's not happening. Um, so I definitely think I'm, I personally am very conscious about like what I post on social media and I think I've come to use it more for like an activist or like spreading that type of information more of a platform just because I think it allows us to connect internationally in ways that y'all never really could just because you didn't have that source. Um, but I also think that again, like it's very harmful and you don't want to put stuff out there. Like, I know that, like, oh, your mom was say, mom's always saying, it, like, okay, what you post is out there forever. And, like, you don't really think about it. But I've had, like, homies who, like, posted stuff and, like, someone else will take it. And, like, this crazy stuff will happen to them. And I'm just, like, I don't want to be that person. But, you know, if you didn't post it, they can't have that on you. Exactly. Um, and I also think it's interesting growing up with it, especially in middle school. Because I remember there was, like, a bunch of bullying stuff that went on with like Instagram and like all that. And I think my parents did a good job because they didn't let me have like Snapchat or Instagram. So I got older. So I wasn't really involved in all that. But I know it was like really harmful and especially like with body image, especially like for women. Um, so I don't know, it's very interesting, especially because like I'm looking back, like I definitely can correlate like my middle school to when like social media became really popular and like very um, influential for us. Um, so I think that's an interesting time too, because middle school, you're figuring out like hormones and all that. So growing up with that was a lot. And you feel invincible. Like it doesn't matter. Like I remember being a teen, like being the, thinking everybody was dumb. I was the smartest and I knew best. So I can't imagine having that at your disposal. And, and not only that, there's some kids that maybe have access to it, but their parents are still on them. And that can kind of work. I've kind of seen that. But the fact that, you know, um, Mares and Leo were really, you probably hated it and hated them for it. But yeah. looking back, now you see, they did you a service, you know, but they, they protected you, protect, basically protected you from yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. as you guys, you guys heard, what was it last week? Homeboy, uh, he held on to that video Snapchat of that girl saying that racist shit until it mattered yep. until, and he went through and it's not like he was super vindictive. Like if you, if people actually read the story, he went through the proper channels to try to say like, Hey, this is happening in our school. This is what she said. Da, 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 da. They didn't do anything about it. So you know what? 
cheerleading taken away. She had to withdraw. She was forced to withdraw. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And that lives forever. And she was a kid. She she literally was 15 years old when she posted that. And then look at what happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and people don't yeah. like people need to to really think about that. Um what about you, Mariano? Like Instagram came when you were in college or high school still? High school, yeah. So um, it was out, I think 2011 is when Instagram dropped. Um, but I didn't have like a good phone or anything to, well, I think you could only have it on iPhone, I believe it was too, something mm. weird like that. Um, so I didn't get an, an iPhone until 2013, which was like my senior year of high school. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, I barely grew up with a phone um, until I moved back to the States. But even having social media, um, when I was younger, I had MySpace, I think like three times. My mom was like, you cannot have this. <laughs> got caught every time. The last time I got caught, I was grounded for like six months to a year. Like they would go to parties without me and stuff. Um, Cause you know yeah, your mom's just, a, she should, be, I always tell your mom she should be a private investigator. You know that. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. She, she caught me every time I thought it was slick. So I, I didn't really have social media up until like my junior, senior year of high school. Um, but even now, like looking at it, you know, it's so crazy to me because you can post something on like Twitter, Instagram, you can just screenshot it now. Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, the other day I was on TikTok and like I, this guy was like explaining how you can look at your uh, um, online footprint like through these different websites and things. And I, I was like, Oh, let me see what I can find. And I was like able to find all kinds of old profiles and things like that. And like old addresses and phone numbers. And it's, yeah, it's scary. You know, like I do think, uh, activism wise, it's a crazy tool that I wish they had, you know, back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, cause yeah. man, it would change a lot of things. Um, you can mobilize for, in real time and different yeah. from in a, in a wide range net, like locally, mm -hmm. globally, and on that, it's really good. But yeah, Crazy. bad. It's bad. Yeah, it can it can really turn sour for uh, children. And um, I think that there needs to be more just online education about just like ethics and how you should kind of yeah. handle yourself. You know, there doesn't need to be any kind of rules to it, but. I think at least kids and people who are just getting into the social media realm and things like that really need to understand the consequences behind the things they post, um, you know, or do. Yeah. And I feel like, and what I try to explain to the supernatural bear, you know, he's like, Oh, when I get my YouTube channel, I was like, you are not getting a YouTube channel. I was yeah. like, by the time, maybe you can have a YouTube channel. I said, it won't be YouTube. It'll be something else. You know what I'm saying? And that's why we don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we, we don't put it, post his name. We don't show his face, like his full face. Um, and I was watching um, on the, I call it the tip top. On the tip top, um, there was a girl um, talking about just how traumatized she was because she was one of the first kids that her, her mom started blogging back when blogging first started. She's like 20 something years old. And she was saying how fucked up it is because she had no say, like it was all her, about a mama blog so she was posting all these pictures of her as a kid and doing all these things and everything was like you know the beginnings of social media where you put in your best foot forward but it's her life 
without her having a say, you know? And so that's, that's all I've always thought about that. So we made a conscious decision, like, you know, not to post his picture and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I got these glasses that haven't, we haven't rocked them yet, but I got these glasses where it's a black bar. Like, you know, like, like the sunglasses. Yeah, the <laughs> sensor. So I have those. We're going to do a video later, maybe today or tomorrow. Um, but another thing I wanted to say was a lot of things have been coming up in my therapy and just reconnecting. I don't know, like, tw- I guess because of the pandemic, it's been a lot of reconnecting with people from my past, whether it's family or friends and stuff like that. And it's been good in, in, in different ways. But... <clears throat> You know, like one thing I realized was, uh, you know, everyone's going, they're go- a lot of people, if they did the work, they went inside, they went introspective, right? And they're dealing with their mentals and stuff like that. And, um, and one of the things that I've been thinking about and talking about a lot is that, you know, you have to let go of people, right? And people are toxic. It doesn't matter if it's family, especially those that are family, because they're the ones that usually hurt you the most. But especially if you're of color, it's harder, right? Um, growing up, if you didn't have money, it's like this, this, this attachment where you feel guilty. And especially if you're Latino or, or Filipino on the Catholic side, right? Like the Catholic guilt and all these different things. But I was saying for me, I feel like I fortunately and unfortunately learned at a young age while I was still in college when my mom died was life is precious, you know what I'm saying? Like, do what you can now because you're not promised another day. I don't got time. Uh, you know, people always used to be like, oh, she's a bitch. Well, no, no, no. I'm honest because I don't got time. I, I, you know what I'm saying? At a young age, I realized I, don't, I didn't have the time. Maybe I didn't handle it as well <laughs> and I have apologized to some people. But it was just I don't have the time, right? It's because, like, shit was taken from me early. So I wanted to talk about Mariano I'm so happy that you guys are still here, but I remember the day like it was yesterday. You guys were in Japan. Um, Papa Bear and I went out to eat in Little Tokyo in L.A. Um, we went like a little date or whatever. This is pre, pre-Supernatural Bear. Um, and I remember we're in the Japanese place. They have Japanese TV on. And I see there's a fucking tsunami over Japan over where you lived, I thought you guys were all dead. Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell yeah, and please believe it. Benefits include patron shout-outs, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. And I remember I was like trying to reach out. I couldn't reach out. And then Facebook came through where she put, your mom posted... And her, his mom is, uh, I, if I didn't mention already, Naisha, that we do the relative sex, uh, segment. And then she was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then we ended up talking. How did that affect you, your life? 
and how you how you moved forward from that point on. How old are you? What what, what year was it? Yeah, that was uh, 2010 um, in March. Uh, pretty much what happened was, you know, I just got out of school. Um, I did my typical thing where I'd get out of school. My mom worked down the street from the school at the hair salon, so I'd go over there, say what's up. Um, I would be playing baseball at the time, but I got in trouble because of my grade. So I wasn't playing baseball. Um, so I just was like hanging out, um, after school because, you know, there's my mom to take me home as well as like the shuttle buses. And if those run out, I can always take the train back home. Um, and so I got out, went to go see my mom, said, what's up? Um, chilling in the food court, which is like right next to my mom's hair salon. Um, just hanging out with my buddies. Uh, and then next thing we know, you know those signs that you see in the mall or something and they have like the wires and they just like hang there oh yeah mm-hmm. we were yeah we were chilling and the signs are like swaying and we're like what what is going on and then you just hear somebody say it's an earthquake run outside run outside so we're all like oh what run outside um and we could literally see the ground like doing a wave it was crazy like the asphalt and so we were just like what is going on um and the next thing you know we're like looking out to the we're on like in on the base. It's like a bay. So mm-hmm. we can look out into other parts of like, you know, Tokyo, Yokohama, uh, just other like nearby cities. And we can see like buildings swaying and things like that. And like things like catching fire. And so we're like, we don't know what's going on. And we've dealt with earthquakes, but this one was like a big one. So we're like, what? Um, next thing I know, uh, my, I like go find, like my mom's outside too. She's like, yo, find all your friends who live on the other housing base. And I'm going to take them home. And I was like, all right, for sure. So um, I started just like running around the base, like in the like high school gym area, because um, that's where everybody kind of hung out to just find whoever I knew that lived on the other base to get them home because we knew the trains were going to probably be shut. Because like electricity was going in and out where like the trains are down, probably um, they probably aren't going to do the buses because those people who drive the buses are Japanese. They needed to get home. Yeah. Um, so I found like maybe five or six of my friends. Uh, we got into the car, we hop in. Um, there's two ways to get home. There was the toll road, which you got to pay a few tolls. Yeah. So, um, it took four hours to get home the back way where it typically takes 30, 15 to 30 minutes. Um, so we finally get home, uh, the power's all out. There's candles everywhere. People are freaking out and stuff like that. Um, and then the like next day, basically, uh, we're like watching news, listening to radio and, the uh uh what are they the nuclear plants start to fail and so within like i think it was like a week to two weeks they they failed because of the tsunami and stuff and the radiation it was only like 90 miles away from us so the radiation was blowing Mm. towards the base and so we had to then evacuate to san diego um after the two weeks i remember that man it was crazy crazy. so but how did that that experience at such a young age internationally, how did that, how do you feel? Maybe you don't even know yet, but how looking back, how do you feel that impacted your life and how you move in this world? Man, um, I think about it all the time. Um, it's just like, you never know when something's going to go wrong, you know, whether it be a natural disaster to you getting hurt or somebody, you know, getting hurt or being in that kind of situation. Um, it just kind of makes you think, you know, any day could really be your last day. Um, take things seriously. 
and yeah, just appreciate the people you have here, things like that. Um, I also have to add to that story that I was on Sudafeds. So I was like this thing called Robo Tripping. I don't know if you've heard of that. (laughs) And it was a trip the whole time. And I've never told I had never told my mom that because we were sitting in the car for four hours. But I'm in the front seat just like freaking out the whole time. And yeah, definitely. I have to tell her about that now since I'm older. Since you're an adult now. Um, So what so what how many do you have to take or what do you? Oh, man, we were doing stupid stuff. So there are these things called triple C's. They're like a Sudafed. Uh, There's like these little round red pills. We had this thing where it was like you have to take more than four and you always have to do an even number to like have a good trip. And that is I, crazy. Yeah, it, it was real dumb. Real, real dumb. Anna, do you know um, about this? Do people do that now? No, no, no. Because no. yeah. I was going to say, like, no. in Japan, you didn't need to like, like... I think for I don't know if it's still now, but you can't just go and get Sudafed. Like you have to go to the to the pharmacist and be an adult or something and only get yeah. one. Like they only give you like one box. Yeah. So kids were stealing them um, <laughs> or but before that. So they uh, were allowing people to just buy as many as they wanted. Uh, but then even like sailors and people were abusing them um, because, you know, you just take however many you take and you're tripping out. I never heard that. That's great. I think yeah. maybe I heard like they're like speedish, right? They're like speedish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. So you were very like, dumb of me. That's crazy. I wonder what your yeah. mom's gonna say. She's been like, oh, I yeah, know. No. <laughs> I'm just like, I was it. tripping. I was sitting in the front. We even like stopped at a little convenience store that's like halfway. And my friends are like, oh, man, are you okay? And I was like, no, nah, man, I am not okay. <laughs> this is the longest four hours yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, it was a trip. It was a trip. But it definitely has just made me appreciate, like, a lot of things in life and just, like, always living, you know, every day like I can, you know, not yeah. not taking it for granted because, you know, you could be just gone. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I wanted to ask you guys about Super Curious is – one thing that we didn't have to worry about at all, uh, you know, mass school shootings and having, you know, even right before you guys went to college or whatever, it it happened because I was looking it up and I was like, when did Columbine happen in 1999? And then Sandy Hook was only 2012. So is there a, a, how did that affect everything? Like, did you guys have to do drills? Like, that must have fucked up the psyche. Or just knowing that it was happening and that it could happen any day. Were you guys, like, looking at kids? Like, are they the ones that would maybe do something like that? Anna, what, what, how did that, how was that growing up with that shit? Um, I feel like I didn't really realize the implications until I was older because I remember we had intruder drills in middle school and it was always like, okay, find somewhere where you're not going to be seen. And like, it was kind of weird because I feel like we didn't think about like what we're actually training for because it'd be like, okay, you and me, we get the closet. We'll just chill in there because like no one can see what we're doing. Like it's quiet. So we could just, so like me and my homegirl would go in the closet because then we could just talk and no one would hear us. Um, and we're like, we're not crouching. Like there's no way we're going to be on the floor. This is a dirty floor. They didn't actually sweep today. Um, and so it was like that in middle school. And then like now thinking about it, I'm like, oh damn, like that sucks that in middle school, even like sixth grade, I was thinking, okay, the closet is my go-to if anyone ever, and we always had to put like the, um, 
because we were like outdoor classrooms uh-huh. you could say so like our hall we didn't have a hallway we just like went into the outdoor like our playground or whatever and so we had to someone had to make sure that we had the med kit and also that someone had put up like a some type of paper like parchment paper so that no one could see in the window uh-huh. um so I remember doing that for middle school and then high school we did the same thing intruder drills um that one felt a little bit more like a bubble because it was private school um mm. but yeah I, I don't know it was weird that it was such a normal thing in middle school and then actually I did uh I was doing like research at UCSF for my neuroscience thing and one of my the lead PIs she was in college when there was a shooting and she was actually in where it happened and so talking to her about it um when everything was like the, how many mass shootings were ramping up was talking talking to her about it was crazy because I hadn't known anyone who'd actually been through it. Um, so that got me like a little nervous when we like went to college and we had to do, I know we had to, the like UCPD came in and they actually one thing had happened like two years ago at UCLA. Um, so they had to give us the rundown of that drill and like what it looks like and that person was apprehended. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just way more normalized now. That's so crazy. That's like, I can't imagine like having to deal with that, you know, like, um, and especially, like, I don't, like, you guys didn't grow up in the hood, so you guys didn't go to hood, really hood schools. Like, it probably didn't even affect them there, you know, because they were already, you know, uh, dealing with some fucked up shit, like, just having the metal detectors at all times. Like, it could pop off at anything just on some normal daily beef. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't even imagine. Okay, so we talked about, we were talking about um, the shootings and stuff. Um, so now the last thing until and before we go into music and then we go into questions from the audience and then we'll go into music. We'll end on a on a, on a music note. But uh, how has it been? How has the pandemic <laughs> been for you guys as you know, it affected Anna for college? You, Mariano, you're just starting off work like. Give me maybe we'll do it this way. Give me uh, some cons and then try to find one pro of the pandemic. Who wants to go first? I can go first. I already know. <laughs> okay. Um, so some cons. Uh, obviously, my work is heavy heavy travel in the summer. So from like April to October, I'm traveling for work. Uh, and that's where I make like a majority of my money because it's like all overtime and things like that. Didn't get to do that. So um, was living on that. Pay got cut in half. Um, more, I can't go out and see people. I'm by myself, you know, mm. I'm not like. You don't have roommates family. anymore. Don't got roommates. I wouldn't even want them in the pandemic. Please. <laughs> it's better that way. Yeah. Um, but I guess one pro is, you know, I've really heavily have looked at myself, my inner dialogue and seen, you know, I've had many days, many nights crying, trying to figure out who I am, what I really want for my rest of my life, what I want for my family and what I can provide for my family and things like that. Um, and it's, it's really helped me open my eyes to just knowing that I have it pretty, pretty good compared to other people and what I can do to continue this as well as help other people. Um, and just overall, just be grateful. That's my biggest thing is being grateful for every day and everything that I have. Nice. Uh, and you, Anna, what are we talking about? 
Give me, give me, give me the cons and give me one, at least one pro. I feel like cons is just everything right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially I feel like going to college, it's everything you worked for with like, I don't know, elementary school, like middle school, high school, you're always like, I'm gonna get there and it's gonna be like this like gates open up, like that type of thing. Um, and it definitely was for the first two quarters. <laughs> um, and then not just like, yes, academically, my classes, I feel like um, some of them are doing better. Like, I'm not going to lie. Humanities is way better than STEM. Like, I hate my STEM <laughs> classes right now. Um, yeah. Like from one of my labs, I had to watch someone perform a lab and critique Ugh. their lab by the video. Ugh. So it's like, I'm not going to know anything when I go back. Um, but also just socially, like meeting people, like um I only had two quarters of that I was and like being able especially coming from like I said a very it was like 80 percent white at my middle school um and so like finally being able to see people like of different colors like backgrounds like even just socioeconomic class like wherever yeah um, different parts of like the country that was super dope and I feel like you're just getting into that and in spring quarter you're just kind of settling in you kind of like have been through a little bit um yeah, I don't know. I was telling like Mariano this when we left in the room, but being an academic peer counselor, for some reason, I ended up with a bunch of transfer students. Mm. Um, and so they're just telling me, like, I don't even feel like I'm at UCLA because I feel like I'm still doing virtual classes for my CC. Ugh. And for them, like, no matter what circumstance, like they took the CC route and they've been working hella hard to get to a four year like UCLA. Um, and I know for other transfers out there who have like worked really hard to get to a four year, they can't even experience that. And they don't know when they will, because this whole year, I think, Ugh. is going to be a wash. And then we don't know about next year. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like being in college especially is very hard because we're supposed to get all our dumb stuff out now. And it's like if we do dumb stuff, the implications and repercussions are so much worse, especially now during the pandemic. So yeah. like even just going to see that one person can get you COVID. Um, yeah. So definitely different stakes. I think a pro, though, um, I think same thing as Mariano, just being grateful because, like, my family members have not been laid off or anything, and they still have their jobs. And actually, um, the jobs that I've had from school, they've actually been kept during the pandemic, um, which I was very surprised about. And just being, for my job, being able to connect pe with people, even virtually, um, has been super dope, and knowing that I can just help them a little bit at their time at UCLA and give them a little bit of that UCLA feeling, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it's hard. Definitely hard. <laughs> yeah. you And like you said, you're fortunate that you got to experience a couple of quarters of it, you know, and I talked to um, the the twins, um, the mad twins on here and like his son just graduated. And he's starting college now in the pandemic. So he ain't getting none of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if it's your, you know, um, like you said, you work so hard and you're paying a grip of money to <laughs> to get a virtual, mm -hmm. you know, and the STEM classes, like the labs are so important, especially if you're the, I mean, you have to learn by doing, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's pretty fucked up, but I, I remember, but like, let's be real. I always remember Mariano, the beginning, I went off on you. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gave it to you. Because yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. what? Where are you? What are you doing? Yeah. I was, was so yeah. upset. It was like in the beginning. And I felt bad because I don't, I don't think I've ever been came at you like that. Yeah. But I was like reaching out to your mom. And I was like, she's like, you went. He, he, I go, I kind of gave it to him really hard. But I was like, I needed him to hear it. Like, you know, like 
I was I was so upset. <laughs> like I was like yeah. so upset. But yeah. you know, like I told you, we had the discussion. I also went off on some friends, you know, and I you handled it better than people that are 20 years older than you. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like you cop right. to it and you're like, no, yeah, da 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 da. And then you, you know, you changed it. You try to change it and you're introspective. Like all these things happen because I was early on in the pandemic when we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, maybe a month tops. You know, right. here we are almost a year in and, you know, you just handle it so well. And I was like, oh, he's so good. Like you just show like I feel like during these times, these is what this is when you see the best in people. Right. During fucked up times, uh, uh, traumatic times and all this stuff. So I wanted to know there's been a lot of friends that once this is out over or whatever over is the new the new normal of the of it all. And we're not really on crazy lockdown. There's a lot of people that my friends and I have discussed like, man, lost respect for. And there's a lot of people that I unfollowed, unfriended, done. Have you guys experienced the same thing? Oh, yeah. Um, not even with just the pandemic. It's because we also had the election. So, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. true, 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 true. Just true. like double on top of that. <laughs> yeah. it, it was almost like if they were one thing, they were also the other. So yeah. you could just kind of, you know, exit them out. But yeah, most <laughs> definitely lost a lot of respect and followed a lot of people. And even like being like socially active on um, socials um, and had like, I have a lot of white friends, you know, and it it kind of sucks because they would see me as the black friend who they could go to to speak about anything or invite <laughs> to go do something because I was the cool one the and cool things one. like that when it yeah. was like I don't think you see where it's it's like uh I forget the the saying but it's like something falls on deaf ears or something like that yeah. and, and yeah they just you know were still seeing me in one light when I'm obviously showing a whole different light and you know they're on that that same path not trying to change well, I'm glad to hear it because I feel like if if you're coming out of this pandemic and this trash administration and you didn't lose some people, like you didn't reevaluate, I feel yeah. like that maybe you need to value, reevaluate yourself. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Anna? It- oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt like definitely with party culture in college, I feel like some oh. people were staying the same and y'all it really shows like I'm not when I see y'all it's gonna be like archives like I know two of you are posting on snapchat thinking that it's okay well I'm just home like trying to figure like I don't know yeah definitely those people for sure um also think same thing about like who's staying quiet and who's posting on social media yes. I mean even some like family members I was checking on them and they were disappointing me um and I don't I feel like it's definitely interesting like knowing I still haven't really interacted with my family members who I know voted for Trump um, just because of the quarantine. So I don't really know how that's going to be. I'm looking at playing like an avoiding game right now, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I definitely dropping a lot of people. When we go back, there's a lot of people I don't think I'm going to want to interact with. But like you said, I think it's good reevaluating stuff because this shouldn't be an easy time. Like you said, this should be a challenging time. And for some people, it shows that it's easy for them. And yeah, yeah that means 
something. And I, you know, we have these discussions all the time with my friends, and it's just like, in the beginning, I, I, in the beginning, I kind of understood everyone deals with um, scary, traumatic times differently, you know, and some some deal in denial and avoidance, but. The amount of time that we've been in this and the amount of shit that number 45 shown and you still rock with that motherfucker, like, that mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, I I just found out I have family members that voted, but I don't talk to them. I haven't talked to them in 20 years. And I was like, of course those mother. The reason why I knew 20, over 25 years ago that they weren't shit, you know what? Turns out they still ain't shit. <laughs> and they're Latino, and it's because they live in the rural uh, you know, center of California and religion and all that shit. And I was just like, well, that makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. And a couple of people that I wasn't too sure how they were going to go, they surprised me, you know? Um, someone I just talked to recently uh, that actually moved to Arizona that I didn't know, I haven't talked to him in a bunch of years, and he was like, emailing me saying like oh yeah you know and I was moved over here and da 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 and you know I was really happy to help uh turn Maricopa County blue and I was like I was like oh my goodness I wrote it back I was like <laughs> I was like oh my god like, I'm so happy to hear I, was, I had no idea because I haven't talked to you forever and the last time we talked you were like and not to say that all people that listen to country <laughs> roll that way but you were heavily into country and I and military so you know it could have gone either way like it was like you know so that was a relief and there was like uh ex-co-workers that are still good friends of mine that you know we've had discussions mad years ago when I was in my 20s as there were republicans you know and I was like how did they they didn't vote that way, even though we're, and I was like, whoosh, you're good people. Like, you're still my good peeps. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're asking the questions 20 years ago and trying to understand. And like, you know, so I don't know, man, it, it it's really crazy. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, it, it, even though it's been fucked up times, you guys gone introspective and reevaluated yourselves and reevaluated the situation. I mean, because... You know, I just posted yesterday, like, it's 2021. It's not really a happy new year. Uh, it's not really like, oh, this is my year. Because I remember last year, we're like, this going to be our year. We reap. We reap. all the re- That's why I say we reap at the end of every episode. Because that was the mantra. Like, we reap. And it's just like, you know, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen this year. So it's just all I know is that I'm happy that we're here. I'm happy that, you know, we all made it. That we're healthy. Um, and that... It doesn't matter what is happening. You just know it's going to be some fucked upness. <laughs> like, right. it's not going to automatically flip a switch and we're in some good time. So all I know is that we got to be ready to do the work. And you guys are both, like, young, you know, civilly, civically active, you know, ab- about it. I don't want to say the W word, but you guys are. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we need a new word for that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to... To get into a couple of these questions, and then are you guys still good on time with me, Stanier? We're going a little over, but mm-hmm. we had technical difficulties. You guys still good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go into these questions from the audience. Um, I kind of I'm, I'm gonna say that I kind of already covered this for her, but Erin, my rib, your 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 choochie, um, she asked if social smartphone social media plays a part in the decision making. Like, they would they still be doing this shit? So we kind of, like, went over that. So I just want to acknowledge that that was pretty much her question. The next question is, what advice do you have for older generations to work with young adults 
to in addressing racism and anti-blackness. And this is from, you guys know her, um, Rebecca Serna Cervantes. She's a health and equity advocate. She was on episode 12. So what are your insights on that? What, the, what can the old folks, what can we old folks do? Um, I think possibly just being, you know, empathetic, sympathetic uh, towards younger generations, as well as, you know, black, indigenous people of color, uh, those communities. Um, I think that's usually like what I believe is the biggest disconnect is just, you know, it doesn't affect you. So you're not worried about it or it doesn't exist. Um, it's not until you can actually be empathetic or sympathetic to like under like start to understand like, oh, I see that that kid grew up in this certain situation. And even though I have a kid who's the same age, they grew up differently. So now I can start to understand that even though my kid did great and never had to deal with any hardships, that it wasn't the same for these other kids. And honestly, most of America, you know, um, so, yeah, yeah, I just think being empathetic and sympathetic is a good place to start for the older crowd, um, especially with us crazy, lazy generations that, <laughs> you know, we claim to be. <laughs> yeah, and it's like with the episode with Rebecca, I think we we touched upon a lot of time is that also recognize it's like being empathetic and sympathetic, but also recognizing your privilege. Like if mm. you're white, recognize your privilege. If you're white passing, recognize your privilege. If you are of color, if you're BIPOC, but... You grew up in a, you're in another social economic, you came from a social economic background, recognize mm -hmm. that privilege, and then also try to understand. And I think that's a really good point, Mariana. What about you, Anna? What are we talking about? Any other tips? Um, I think uh, one thing too is I've just been thinking about a lot more just because of like my college classes is like uh, pan ethnic coalitions um, and really, because you can do the work. Um, but if you're not asking the people who you're doing the work for, if that's what they need, then who are you really doing it for? Um, so, and I think that happens a lot, especially with like allies. And I don't want to call, I don't want to say that there's like no allies, but I think a lot of the time I like this, I know, I don't know if we talked about this with the switch from ally to accomplice. Um, an ally is like doing the performative and thinking you're doing something, but accomplice is really like riding with them, asking that group, what do you need for me? And being conscious and being knowing that you could be implicated in that, but that's part of being an accomplice. Love that. Um, I love that. So I, <laughs> so you listen I to that that's... people, don't be an ally, be an accomplice, ride or die with us, get in there, get dirty, ask the questions, yeah. ask the right people. Yeah. Um, and I think definitely within like um, communities that are non-Indigenous or non-Black, we also need to do that work, too, because just because we're people of color doesn't mean we can't also feed into the same institutions that are also oppressing like Black and Indigenous peoples. Um, so I definitely think that reanalyzing. You get you get the dance hall horn. You get the dance hall horn. That all, all the shit that both of you guys said, that is very, very important because this is something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is just because you're of color doesn't mean you're automatically anti-black. Mm -hmm. And that's the there's a difference. And when we talk about like I wanted to make sure that when I talk about Mariano, he's black and Afro Latino. Like, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, you're not just BIPOC. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. not just of color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There is a distinction. There's different things, different needs and different resources. There's different histories. We definitely have to acknowledge all that. 
Um, anything else, Anna? Um, I just think understanding, because I think a lot of the times us like young folk will come at older generations like we know what's up, where <laughs> really we should be learning. And then older generations kind of look at us like, oh, they're just dealing with issues that we've already solved or like they just can't cope or something like that. So I think there's just on both sides. They can't like us. We can't just expect that we know everything and that older generations can't just expect, oh, we've been through it. We know it, too. Um, yeah. So just to, like opening that dialogue. That That's real. That's really real. And going back to your point about like if you have if you're if you're an organization that's supposed to be helping certain populations you're you know the people on your board the people on your staff should reflect that and you also on top of that you should also be asking the actual people you're trying to help and that as soon as you said that it reminded me of insecure like the organization that she works for what's it called yeah. <laughs> yeah. the nonprofit. yeah the nonprofit. So, yeah don't be that you know what i'm saying yeah. take that watch that show and see how that is not the way to go um Okay, so uh, the next question is from Maria Wren. She's founder and owner of Smart Education. Um, it's a Supernatural Bears favorite STEAM um, camps and classes. I'm going to have her on in a future episode. So she wants to know, do they think Gen X parents are cool? And are they sick of social media yet? I mean, my parents are cool. You're cool. Uh, <laughs> everybody who I know from that era uh, or Gen X is cool. Um, even like now meeting people, um, you know, because it's weird once you graduate college and you like start working in the real world, you have adult friends who are <laughs> 20 plus years older than you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all been super cool, especially Gen X, like just all laid back um, down to earth. Um yeah, just I thought they're you know I think they're pretty cool, <laughs> and I I am I'm tired of social media for sure. You took a break. I remember you you've taken several different breaks during the pandemic, uh, and I was like, uh, oh, he's doing uh, you know, self fucking care, which is good. Anna, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think they're chill. I don't know. I actually just realized. I already told you about my RA, but he was um, Gen X. And I think that was interesting meeting him like a college setting because like I didn't really realize how much older he was than me. <laughs> and so he graduated. And he was talking to me like, oh, why haven't you voted in the election before? And I was like, it's my first one I'm eligible for. And he was like, oh, shoot, you young, young. <laughs> so, but I think, I don't know, they're chill. I think sometimes the way they use social media is a little cringy. Oh, yeah. um, depending <laughs> like what, on like what? Give me an example. Not, not like not like you guys no y'all are chilling <laughs> but like some other just the way that they post about stuff in their captions like two paragraphs long it's like I'm not about to read all that I know um, it's long I know but true 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 pretty I, yeah no, I don't have nothing against them <laughs> <laughs> so. I think you guys are both lucky that you guys have some some cool Gen X people yeah, in your lives like good yeah. rep you got a good representation yeah. Yeah. um yeah. And Anna, are you are you sick of social media yet? I am, and I'm not. <laughs> like I go on it, and I'm like, I'm just scrolling through TikTok. I'm just like, this is embarrassing. Like I'm sucking. Like the hours are sucked away. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a nice comic relief. I can use it like to check up with my friends. So I definitely feel both sides. And I, uh, that was a. Is this the last one? There'll be another question, but I'll ask it towards the end. I think that'll be a great way to, to wrap it up. But I did have a question. Do you, speaking of social media, have you guys been on Omegle, if I'm saying it correctly? You have not, Anna? I, I feel like it scares me, Loki. I feel like that's the beginning <laughs> of, like, some type of, like, missing show. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 
also just the way that my parents raised me like it gives me anxiety just to like see people on it like randomly like seeing random people like that I just it's not for me I guess my parents raised me like that I don't know but it gives me anxiety like I'm like who are these 13 year olds parents like that they're just able to be on here but I don't know (laughs) And, and, and Mariana what about you are you on it I'm not on it currently, but uh, growing up, yeah, so um, for people who are around the same age as me who know, there was a chat roulette first before Omegle, which is basically the same thing, Um, and then Omegle came, and yeah, I've been on both, Um, I know what goes on on both, Um, yeah, I definitely think parents need to block that site. And any other sites like it, like it for kids? Oh, most definitely, because it's it's literally it's not moderated. So, you know, you get some wild people on there. I, um, I get it's like a fun thing that people are doing now. Like for the TikTok pandemic. And yeah. And pandemic and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I've definitely have been on that site plenty of times and just know that it's not typically the best place for a child to be at least yeah because i the only reason why i know about it is because of of the tip top right some of the people (laughs) that are on there they're on my for you page they're good ones though right they're like good ones and sometimes i see like bad ones but i see some of them the people that so for people don't know it's like it's talk to strangers so you're on it and then boom someone else automatically comes on it and you guys can like deny or whatever go to the next person so this one girl, she does like magic tricks, like she's cool. And she guessed your sign. She's awesome. Um, but there's like kid kids, like little, like, like the supernatural bears age on there. And who's to say who they're going to see or what they're going to see? Like, so I can't imagine, like, I, I don't know if I send it to you, this, that one girl, I, she's, she's of color. I don't know exactly what she is. She might be Indian or something. And she does the magic tricks. And she also, you know, guesses your your favorite song and your cartoon and different stuff like that she, she's cool but she like she did a little a compilation of some and she clicks the person comes up and it's just a white dude with fucking confederate flag in the back and she goes mm-hmm. you're not gonna see me because you guys are listening to this but they can see me she goes oh what we're not gonna do is that <laughs> and then she like clicks on the back and I was like exactly so I was just like yeah. this must be dangerous I was like if I was young I would totally be on it but as a young adult and it would still be kind of scary like you and I think I'd be a little anxious but it's a pandemic and if I'm not doing anything like if I'm not in school at the time or whatever and I would be on it and it would be scary <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so that's interesting okay so let's get into before we wrap it up let's get into the not so rapid fire questions the aka slow as hell questions Staying competitive in these dynamic times means having the right technology at work for your small or medium-sized business. Whether your goal is to grow, downsize, or modernize, Panoply BPO provides the right combination of tools, support, and affordability necessary to make it a reality. Visit panoplybpo.com. That's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y-B-P-O. Dot com to schedule your no-obligation consultation today. Mention WTYM and get your 13th month of service for free. PanoplyBPO.com. There is a better way. Okay, I'll go, I'll go back and forth. Anna, three words to describe yourself. Okay, 
Otherwise, you're always the ones that seem the simplest. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I feel like I'm pretty hardworking, goofy, and I hate to say it, but like, I feel like everyone says this, but like, low key a perfectionist. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mariano? Um, chill, uh, humble, uh, and hardworking. I'll put that. Yeah, yeah, I, I concur. Okay, Mariano, what is the best piece of advice you've received? Best piece of advice I've received? Oh, man. I feel like this might be this might have to be a pause that you have to take out. Um, <laughs> let me think. Anna's like, let me think of mine right now. I know. <laughs> I see your face. <laughs> I think as of recent, some of the best advice I've received and just I think everybody's kind of going through is just and will be going through once everything is, you know, to that normal, whatever that is. Uh-huh. Um, is just, you know, uh, living every day like it's your last and just appreciating everything that you have and will continue to have, um, especially once we're done with this. And, you know, just go out of your way to meet new people, do new things, um, and don't hold yourself back. So, yeah, don't hold yourself back. That's a good Whether one. that be within life or something you're aspiring to do or want to do or have been dreaming to do, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Anna? Actually, I think this was from listening to one of y'all's podcasts. I don't remember what episode it was, but I thought about it a lot of not just getting in the door, but making sure that door is open for the next person. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and thank you for listening, Anna. Of course. <laughs> um, and I think I've also been thinking about this, especially just because like as people of color and like me trying to go into STEM um, and hopefully maybe trying to be a doctor, like. Yes, now that I can get to those places, it's not like, okay, I'm in. There's one person, we're good. Like you said, like that's not capacity. We got to make sure that more people come in. Um, and so I think I think thinking about that and like how I can play my role in that uh, and kind of like analyzing how other people react and like when they get into these positions of power as well, I think it's very telling of who they are too. Yeah, for sure. And like, and like we've talked about in a lot of the different episodes and especially the one I think you're talking about is like, it's great that times have changed. We've seen it in the past maybe five, 10 years where, especially if you're of color, but especially like in your case, Anna, um, in STEM, in STEAM, it's women and women of co- and people of color, BIPOC, whatever. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's very important and it, that it's great that it's changed where it's, I'm not, I don't have to be just the only one. And also what I've mentioned before, and I don't know if you guys heard whatever episode I said it, it's great to see this, your guys' both generations, the collaboration component that we didn't have as, as being BIPOC in Generation X in the different industries. It was, I'm the only one, there can only be one, you can't step on my opportunity and there wasn't I wanted more collaboration and I was really really fortunate that there there was some unity you know and the the women that I've had especially talking about the rap life you know we had this space where we connected and we're open and it was against the grain of coming together where and I see like you guys it's like, oh, let's all roll up together. Let's all come up together. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And it's just like going back to what you guys said is the two-way street of 
of our generation are our generation older looking to you guys and trying to understand how it's different and you guys looking to us to try to see how we could both learn it's a two-way street of learning you know and i feel like <clears throat> because i think what uh, what happens too is our generation you know I'm fortunate that I was an older mom, so I was exposed to other things that I think some people that were, you know, went to high school, went to college, got married, had kids, then their life stopped and it, it just mm -hmm. turned into being a parent and in maybe they do or do not work, but it's just focused on that. They're not exposed to the rest of the world, so they don't evolve with technology either. And that's one thing I keep telling, you know, the Supernatural Bears Papa, I was like, Cause he's not real techie. I'm the one that does all the techie shit. And I was like, dude, I was like, at least one of us got to be on top of shit because by the time this motherfucker is like 16, 17, I don't want him to be running sh circles around me and me not knowing shit. Like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what it has helped me is now I can look back and be like, we talk about it all the time, like with Aaron and, and other people and Naisha, like, yo, imagine how it would be being Anna's age, being Mariano's age social media, telephones, cyberbullying, like there's other things that you guys had to deal with that we didn't. And you know, going back to the pandemic, you know, there I saw this article about how Gen X, our generation, we were made for this shit. We were latchkey kids, so we're by ourselves all the time. Um just the page someone wrote just the patience to make a mixtape. Like, we didn't have streaming service. We had to wait for the song to come on and make sure we had the two buttons to record and then release it at the right time. And then, like, it was a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have computers. We had, like, the first Nintendos and stuff. It was, like, two little dots and two little lines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we had to wait for shows to come on, commercials in between. Like, we, we were, like, we were out and about free range. You know what I'm saying? Like, just come yeah. back at night sometime or come back when the street light comes on. Like we had, so that it shaped and molded us in certain ways where we also have to think about you guys, internet, social media, school shootings. That's why I was like writing all this shit down. Like what are the things that I feel have impacted and continue to impact your guys's life? Um, okay. So next question, let me see who's next. Uh, Anna, what are you doing to dismantle the patriarchy? Um, okay, so first, I think through my job, I guess, um, because my job is like a part of a retention projects for like the African American community for um, uh, American Indian students. So we each have our retention projects that work on helping like incoming students. Um, and because like we're, we're working with like Latino and Chicanx students, a lot of them are first gen, a lot of like I said, a lot of my transfers are all coming from um, backgrounds that usually aren't supported within uh, four-year institutions. Uh, so I think helping that, and especially because a lot of my students are female, just because I am a female counselor, so a lot of them come to me with that, and being able to especially help them through STEM classes, that feeling of imposter syndrome, and even giving them the language to talk about imposter syndrome and how they feel like they're never good enough, or they got to UCLA on a whim, or someone just accidentally let them in, and kind of like interrogating that. Um, I think that's kind of been my way of helping dismantle the patriarchy, I guess. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Please believe it. Mariano? Um, like you said earlier, it's just kind of, you know, checking my privilege. I think everybody has privilege in some way, you know, some way, somehow. Um, at the end of the day, I'm a man. Um, you know, I have that privilege of being male, being born male um, within America. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's just recognizing that and speaking up for um 
other, you know, female women just in power or in positions that aren't those power positions and getting them or at least opening that door to allow them to be um, equal as me. Um, and also just, you know, speaking, being a male, speaking to my other male counterparts when they're in the wrong, because, you know, there's that whole locker room talk that males have that, you know, it's cool, whatever, but you still got to check your friends and let them know, like, yo, just because we're talking doesn't mean that there isn't somebody in my life or your life who, if they were to hear this, isn't uh, would affect them in some kind of way or would see you in a different light. Yeah, that's some good shit. And I feel like, you know, people are listening to this when, when, you're, when a friend or family member or, you know, someone that you consider to be a friend checks you, questions you. I know it's it depends on what your your history is and stuff like that. Maybe you've never been checked or maybe you're taking it as an attack. But re- rethink that as they care about you. Like when I yeah. when I when I was going off on you, I was saying like if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't even be all upset like this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm doing it because I love you and I respect you and da da da. I I see your potential. Da da da. And 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 that's what we have to remember. Like so, you know, if 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 I if I can check you, but you can't check me, then that's an issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also like if you care about your friends. You, you you have to be it, it has to be a safe space where you right. feel you can you can maybe not necessarily check them but question them just like well I don't that's that that's not right da, 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 da. like you know and 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 silence being complicit is very very harmful too and I feel like a lot of men 20 years your major need to fucking you know uh, understand yeah. that as well because you know the the fact that you even said earlier in this, and I want to make sure people didn't skip over that, that you were saying that, you know, during the pandemic, you had, you were crying. Like people don't, men of, especially my generation older, don't really necessarily that say shit like that. Um, And, you know, I see a little bit of a shift, you know, people talking about from my generation on social media, people that have a huge platform talking about crying, talking about um, being vulnerable, talking about therapy and to see that shift. It, it, it brings it's a little it's super hopeful for me, you know, especially especially with all BIPOC, you know, um, people, but especially black men and men of color, you know, Latinx, indigenous, all that stuff like that. This is the type of work that we need to do. Um, so, yeah. So just even that, just even if you wouldn't have said nothing, I'll be like, just the fact that you fucking said that you were crying. Like, that's that's <laughs> Im- Im- major on its own. <clears throat> okay. Music time. Mariano, mm-hmm. what song do you put on to get hyped when you need it? Oh, man. There's so many, but I would say right now... Um, Playboy Cardi just released an album. Not a lot of people like it. It's fine. I like it. I'm going to keep liking it. But uh, he has this song. Let me make sure I'm saying the right name so I'm not butchering it for anybody. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the in the show notes, too, so people can hear what this song is. Yeah, I got you. One sec. <laughs> so the song is called Stop Breathing. It's the third song on the album, and... It just gets me hyped beyond belief. Uh, <laughs> it's heavy, heavy bass, bass boosted to the max, blowout car speakers. Um, but yeah, just 
uh, Stop Breathing is definitely that song right now, at least, that gets me super, super hyped. I saw you tweeted the other day that you're going to take the vaccine just on the strength so you can see Playboy Cardi and probably sing that song. <laughs> sing the song, get into the mosh pit. I want to I wanna get punched in the face three times in a mosh pit at a Playboy Cardi concert, and I will take whatever vaccine. If it gives me a third arm, I don't care. I got I to gotta go. Dedicated. Dedicated. But I, I'm going to get the vaccine just on regular also, not just because of... You know, for the for the people listening. <laughs> and Anna, what's your hype song? Oh my god, I'm like, uh, okay, okay. Um, or one, of, or or one of the many. Okay, I think. I don't. Okay, I feel like this quarantine, I've gone through so many phases of like yeah. what I thought was like right. it. So that's why I'm like looking at my playlist, and it makes no sense because I feel like it's just going like. Um, <laughs> Okay. Okay. This is mm, okay. I'll give two. Okay. okay so I my friend like put me on to AG Club. They're like just a group of like brown black boys. Oh, that they're, you told me about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So their song AG I always like turned out to that one. And then <laughs> I was listening to T Pain because <laughs> I because <laughs> I watched his Tiny Desk concert and my brother's been Kira's been telling me. But he has a good voice, and he I kind does. of like haven't really listened. And I listened to a tiny desk, and I'm like, oh shoot, he has vocals. So um, he's he's I'm super talented. That song. What song was it? Where he, that line was like, I'm in love with the stripper. stripper. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when that comes on, that also gets me hyped. So I feel like those two have been like a quarantine, like yeah, that heavy rotation hype songs. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So so we're talking about music. I just wanted to say, like, I've talked on this podcast several times how hip-hop, just music in general saved my life, but hip-hop has really saved my life. And to the fact that we're Generation X, uh, we can talk to our nieces and nephews, our children, about the same genre of music is fucking fascinating to me. The fact that you you guys and I, like, you guys are in your 20s, but, like, we talk about the same fucking shit. I know I'm not... There's some people like me, but I think it's also because because I, you know, love music so much and I was in the mu- music industry and stuff like that, so I'd love to, to stay abreast, if you will. And I just love it. It's not like I'm doing it just to be in and be, like, you know, being able to name people. It's because I fucking love it so much to the point where... What's what was our last concert, Anna? Pre-pandemic. <laughs> okay, wait. It was was it the Omar Apollo? Was it the one before that? No, it was um. Oh. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. You're right. Wait, I don't know. No, no. Because well, we I, went I to Omar continue. Apollo, you and I solo. But then, yeah, but then after we, we went to the four by far. Okay, that's what I thought was oh. the, the. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought was. Uh, yeah, so a, we're all connected was... here on 4 by 4 because I yeah. did the branding for it. It was a fucking nightmare. We'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> Mariano felt the nightmare on the other side because they did ticketing and we were talking about it. <laughs> and then <clears throat> Anna and my rib, Aaron, her auntie, uh, we went to it. <laughs> and even though we, we saw some dope people, we're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. was our last concert. But before that, it was Omar Apollo. Yes, yes. And, and that was sp- when Dominic Fight came out. Oh, yes. my God. That was so dope. And oh, I didn't know who he was. Up. I just knew him from that yeah. song. 
and you're like, oh my and god, you're like just... freaking out, and everybody was freaking yeah. out. And then in the car, you you played some songs, and now I love him. The supernatural bear loves a chicken tender song. He sings that shit yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't like the part where he says that she's naked on the bed. He goes, ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's he's Filipino, by the way. Yes, Filipino and black. So got a rep for that. And I told him I was like, he's Blasian. He's part, but he's Blasian, like a little bit like Is you. Yeah. Um, but we went to Omar Apollo because I was like, love his shit. But yes. none of my peeps <laughs> at the time no. knew who he was. It was like it was it was early on the hypeness of him. He was hyped up, yeah. but in your guys's, it wasn't like on the next level so much so that he was at the Fonda. So I got his free tickets to roll, um, and we I picked you up. I, I from Palm Springs rolled up. We went. I got I brought you food. I think picked you up from the dorms. Yeah. We went to the show at the Fonda. It was dope. Um, but I, but you were also like my beard. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, let me go to look like I'm her chaperone, but really, <laughs> she's my disguise. Because I really like this young kid that's. Right now. It was so much fun though. That was so good. Was so good. And then, mm-hmm. and then we went to four by far. At Anderson Park, he killed it regardless. It was a whack. So good. Good. And, and so the free nationals—they were—they were good. And I was like, I hope he does the um, what's that song? What's the what's the name of them when he's with knowledge? What are they called? Oh, um, no worries. No worries. So they did that song that I love so fucking much. They did that live. It was dope. But the and then Kate Trinata was there. But the for Kate Trinata, yeah. you need Nobody you needed to be hyped at all. Nobody and was hired. Because the people Tragic. that were, because it was so whack and so like terribly marketed that people a lot of people got it was ticket, it was like free tickets. So people yeah. that would never go to that who don't know these artists. So with K Trinata, you need that vibe, right? Because oh, yeah. I've seen them at, at clubs, I've seen them at Coachella, like in a tent. You need those vibes. And right, Anna? We were just like it was so it was terrible. It was, so... it was super sad. But Anderson Pot killed it. So but that was our last concert. Um pre-pandemic um so yes. i'm excited that whenever this opens up all of us can go to shows and travel and stuff like that because and i think it's a beautiful thing right because i was like remember when i picked you up anna and i was like um anna i've known you since before you were born and is this really happening we're going to a concert together this is crazy right same thing with mariano like we've gone to we've had some fucking mind because of what we do in the industry, the shit we've seen, the people we've talked to, the places we've been to see certain shows, especially FYF and all mm-hmm. that shit. And just some amazing musical memories that I will always have with you. And, oh, one of the ones that's, that sticks out, there's many of them, but one of the ones that sticks out is Solange hadn't Oof. come out with her shit yet. Yeah. And everyone was like, you have to check out Solange. And I was like, we, remember, you and I were like, what? We're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and we went and we saw her that year. It's, she didn't have her album out. And we're like, what? She's good. Da, da, da. And then we saw her again when she came on the album. I was like, this is black excellence. This is amazing. It was so good. I shed some tears. I was like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> the whole stage design, the whole black. And she did um, all that shit. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And, and I was like, you, you got whoa. to meet Roy Choi. 
dapped him up like we're family <laughs> and you got crazy. to eat his food because i'm gonna have him on i asked him and he okay. was like he i was like asking him and he was like whatever yeah i'm gonna be on i was like yes but yeah. that day at fif fest i was right right before maybe right before or no it wasn't dark yet when you met him but i remember he was like who are you going to see i was like you got to see solange and then he would because of us he went to go see solange yeah. oh dope yeah 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 i mean like so many you got to see morrissey for the first time with me and Craziness. I told you how the Mexicans were going to yeah. be. I go, you're going to see a lot of people crying. And yeah. what did you see? A lot of people crying, a lot of Mexicans. Deep, <laughs> 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 the scarves on, the T-shirts, all kind of singing all of his songs word for word. Yes. Him playing Meat is Murder, being mad that he could smell like some kind of meat, meat in the bur- distance. Yes, yes, all of that, all of yeah. that. I mean, he's trash now, but his music means so yeah. much to me. So to share that with you, when we're in the VIP section, like, amazing. Another yeah. highlight that just came up recently, because did you guys watch the Euphoria Episode part one with Rue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that song with Moses Sumney. So good. I listened to that song. I'll have a link to this. I listened to that song minimum once or twice daily. Like it's my wake up <laughs> song. I love that song. I have it on repeat so much so that the supernatural bear freestyled that same tune, but was talking <laughs> shit to me with it. And I was laughing because I was like, that was pretty good. Um, but do you remember Mariana when we met him? Yeah. It just casual. He was walking around super we were, tall. We were um, in backstage at, at FYF Fest, mm-hmm. and this is how I remember him because we had just seen him in a tent. Remember, mm-hmm. he killed mm-hmm. it in a tent, did a yeah. fucking like dead drop type of shit or something like that. Yeah. And then we saw him, and I was like Moses. Like if I knew him, I was like Moses. Right. <laughs> and then we, were, you know, because I'm just like that. And we were like talking to him, and I was like, oh, this is my godson. And then Moses said to me, oh, oh, no, no, no. He's like peers. You guys are yeah. peers. And I was yeah. like Moses. <laughs> Moses. I was like, I love you. I'm definitely going to go see you in LA when you come. Da, 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 da. Like, and he was just gorgeous, amazing. Mm-hmm. He's such a talent. Um, and then put it together with us three here me, you, Aaron, Dalen. So I don't know who else was with us. Remember, we got shuffled in to go see Missy Elliott, Tribe Called yeah, Quest, like tried, in a, yeah. in like a, no one else could be in that section. But then who yeah. was there? Katy Perry was there. Katy Perry, she pushed us back, and then Katy Perry got pushed back by Janet. Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember this story now. Yeah, <laughs> but we were like right like, dab in the middle of the whole yeah. fucking crazy crowd. Um, just so many there's like we can go on and on but the 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 whole point is that if you hear the excitement that we all have and she's 19 he's what are you 25 now you know 25 like music and the basis of a lot of these like genres is hip-hop like somehow some way i'll even omar apollo that motherfucker raps in his shit you know what i'm saying like so that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a beautiful thing to me that I can, you know, reach out to you guys. You put me on people and I put you on to some people. You know what I'm saying? And it's like amazing. So I just want to say, wanted to end on a high note with music. And also, who was in heavy rotation right now at this point in the pandemic, 2021 January? Give me like one or two heavy rotations. Or are you going to, it could be like some retro people that you, you're you listening to. 
heavy rotation. Who wants to go first? Um, I can go first. I feel like with the vibes of just, I like to listen to a lot more like island reggae music just because mm. I feel like it puts me in a better mood. Um, so it'd be like Common Kings, J Bug, Heavy Rotation, um, yeah. also Coffee. Yeah, I, I, I forget love you her. put me on Marissa to Coffee. I, I might have. I love her. And that Daniel Caesar yes collab remix uh, yes that remix is so good i also have that on this album um but yeah those type of like fiji tomorrow people like that type of vibe um has been kind of like bringing into january 2021 nice i like that vibe what about you mariano um so i'm usually on that kind of vibe um you know my music is always all all over the place but i have been on some demon time honestly and I've just been listening to very hard rap music like oh. Young Nudie, uh, Blue no Bucks idea. Clan, um, <laughs> Playboy Cardi. Yeah, I've been just listening. Twenty One Savage. I've been listening to a lot of just heavy, heavy, like honestly, murder rap music. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just been getting me through the days. Really With, take on twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah that's much. awesome. We're, I'm gonna have links to these. I'm on li- some of the people he mentioned. I know, and some people I have no fucking idea. So I'm excited <laughs> to listen. Um, and um, the the last question, the la- there's la- two questions before we're out of here, and I'll let you guys out before we get to the last last question. Mariana, what would be your legacy? I know you guys are still young. But what do you hope maybe your legacy will be when you when you transition to space? Man, I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, you know, uh, I don't th- necessarily need to be remembered in a huge way, but I hope that whoever I am remembered by just remains, remembers me as, you know, cool, laid back guy, family member, uh, somebody they could uh, depend on, somebody who they could always call. Um, Somebody who was just an all all around friend and good, genuine person. Um, hopefully, I can get some money. I can leave, you know, some <laughs> generational wealth for yes, all of yes. my family and things like that. But yeah, I just want to be remembered and known as just somebody that was dependable and always looked out for the people he loved. Nice. And you, Anna. Um, I, th- I guess my immediate legacy would be if in my role or just like at my time at UCLA, making it seem like a more attainable or welcoming place for other um, female, like black, brown, indigenous students, because um, it can be a crazy institution. And then mm-hmm. I think hopefully, I don't know, I'm kind of thinking about more career stuff now that I'm in quarantine and now I'm getting like more into like almost my second half of college. Um, I'm hoping that I can just be able to bridge fields um, and career paths that haven't necessarily been connected or haven't had the best um, relationship in the past. Um, Just because I hope I can do research, but also make it very intentional within the Black, Brown, Indigenous communities, because in the past, that type of research has been very harmful um, and very negative. Um, So I guess leaving those kind of like legacies so that in the future, we create like better relationships and better um, just connections between those so that we can learn more and hopefully like be more inclusive in STEAM and especially in research and um, different medical fields. 
good one. Good one. And and that kind of goes with what's happened in the pandemic right now with the vaccine and, you know, uh, there's a lot of white people and some people of color that have no idea the recent, not even that long ago, recent um, uh, studies that were put upon, especially um, black people historically here in the United States, but also indigenous, also um, Latinos. um, And that's why... (laughs) We and also just currently how we're treated um, when we when we if we even end up seeing a doctor, you know what I'm saying? Because you mm-hmm. don't also don't see a doctor. I was listening to um, on the road the other day, Questlove Supreme, and it was their wrap up and they had Jason Sudeikis on the whole thing. And they were talking about vaccines and they were talking about this. And I was like, please believe it. And some of my white friends are like, I don't understand why people are. I was like, oh, let me guess. They're of color. Because we don't trust that shit. You know what I'm saying? And nope. also, we don't want to be the first ones. Like, let you be the first ones, and then we'll do second, third, fourth, whatever. Cause, and they yeah. made a point. They're like, they're, the, the guy was like, how come they don't just go to black doctors? <laughs> Papa Bear, Rock and I just started rolling. <laughs> but he was like, seriously, like, how come they just... Well, first of all, that's not even... <laughs> that's not even readily available. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we're talking about the science and what's had ha- what has happened in, in the past. And the one of the people on the thing, they had no idea. You know, the Tuskegee shit, the, the all that, you know, Her- Henrietta Lacks. Like, you know, like all mm-hmm. these different things. Like, th- there's a book, but if you don't want to see the read the book, Oprah did a movie about it. Like, you know, I read the book, but, and I saw a documentary about it, but, you know, like all these different things. So I love what you're saying because it's, it's, it's having that relationship and it goes back to what you said, like reaching out to those in the community, right? Like they're really trying to promote how, what is it? Um, the Moderna one or the Pfizer one was created by African-American woman. Oh yeah. Right. So they're trying to really push that, but that's not enough. Like we need to be educated. We need to, you know, feel secure. Um, there's so many layers and levels of that, but, I like I like what you what you mentioned. So so taking us out, last question. Um, this is by Lilium Rivera, author. Anna, you've read her book. You guys listened to her. She's came out on episode uh, episode two. She's part of the Nobby Productions. Um, she's dope as hell. She's like, I honestly want to know if they have hope and where do they see hope now? Um, I definitely have hope. Uh I think there's always, I I see hope both with older generations as well as my generations and the newer generations coming in, um, as well as just even the election, being able to see that people came together and actually fought for what they believed in and things like that. Um, I think this year really is going to bring us together um, moving forward and will always be a point where we can go into our minds and think like, ah, there was that time where this, all this was craziness was happening. We can definitely come together and do things like that. So I I have hope. I always will have hope. Um, because if you don't, then, you know, you're, you're not promoting the life that we all hope to live, you know? Yeah. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I agree. I have hope. Um, I think one of the moments where I was like, oh, damn, was when we the protests were still 
um, like going really heavy. The bigger ones, I guess, because you know they kind of like not that they trickled off, but they started to get a little smaller in size. Yeah. Um, and I think one of I went to one in SF, and that was after Brianna. Ta- I think it was most more recently after Brianna Taylor was it, or I forgot what the timeline was. Now it's all just a blur to me. Yeah. But um, we I think. I was in it, and when you're in it, I feel like you can't really feel the magnity or like the magnitude of what's happening. Um, and so I was in it. There were I, everyone was wearing their masks, no matter what everyone else who wasn't there said. People were wearing their masks. People have were handing out goodie bags of sanitizer, of um, PPE, of they even had like granola bars, Gatorade, bananas on the corner, like anything you could ask for to like stay safe. Um, there were medics going around, so it was a hot day, which like never happens in SF. And there were people who were passed on the side; they were helping them. Um, and just that feeling and then seeing the aerial view and knowing that there were like more than 10,000 people that day like when you looked ahead of you and you looked behind you you couldn't see the street you just saw a swarm of people just like and that was crazy to me and knowing that that many people can come out and all be there for each other and not like selfishly they, they honestly were there to make sure everyone else was okay um, and seeing that intentionality within the like being a part of that movement and like everyone was always like oh there's those outsiders who are going to like like make the thing about them it's like no this was about us this was about each other and showing up for the black community and so I think that kind of has been carrying with me and also like if you let people take away your hope then they won yeah so I think that's also a big thing like even if there's some days where you're like damn I really don't feel like I can do anything or if I'm in a certain like I don't know, when I was back at UCLA and I was in the class and I was in STEM and like I only have white professors and then the white dudes next to me talking about how this is so easy and I'm just there like, damn, I'm kind of struggling. Um, But if you let them take that away, then they kind of win at the end of the day. Yep. That's great. That's great shit, guys. And I want to say thank you so much for saying yes and coming on here. I mean, because... You're my niece, Mariana, I'm your godmother. And, you know, it's it's one thing where you guys were in Japan and I was like also hella young because your mom had you when she was 19. So I was like all in my college years. So I felt like I wasn't there, but then I felt like we connected. And I will say again, you got your musical taste from me, not your mama. Um, yeah. And also, Cold like creative. I feel like you guys are both super dope. And like Aaron said, exceptions, um, exceptional representation of of your guys's generations um also because you guys are curious do you know what i'm saying like i feel like you guys are always you guys have always been curious um and you guys without maybe even being prompted and maybe because you were exposed to it a little bit so the the seeds were planted there was a little bit of inception but just on music all the arts like it's so impactful it 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 becomes a part of you whether it's a book you know a, a movie a film music you guys I've noticed on your own have looked back you know, and I feel like that's what we all need to do for everything, right? Like you can move forward without knowing your history. And just the fact that you do that in music shows, I think speaks volumes to me to show me that you guys want to know more. You want to know more about your history, the history of the music, the history of your art, the history of your family. I know, Anna, you mentioned, you know, how you're discovering uh 
you're, that's the time. College is that time where you discover yourself. You find your identity. You really get into your agency of what, you know, who you are, what you stand for, and how you identify. And I think it's also a struggle when you're, uh, you know, multiracial um, and stuff like that. And Mariano, too, like, you you came from Japan and, you know, you're you're back on U.S. soil, but they don't know that you've been to Japan because of the... Just everyone, we're just... Uh, you know, the way we look, our appearances and stuff. And I feel like these are important times. You know, you're, even though you've already graduated, Mariano, these are still crazy times. Like, like I told you before, we've had this conversation when I, I graduated college and then I lived on my own for the first time ever. And I turned 25. I had my, I had my break down. Like I, I'm (laughs) 50 is like, shit like three years away now which is crazy to even say but I feel like I'll be cool because at 25 I remember I was like I'm not I graduated college but I'm not a full adult I'm new to this shit I live by myself I'm by myself with my thoughts I suck I don't wash the dishes all the time like what the fuck like it was all these it's another it's another phase right Mm Mariano like you're just like Oh, before roommates finding out you're not by your parents. It's like a detachment and then another detachment. So yeah. this is what you have to look forward to, Anna. Like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where it's like just another level of detachment, you know, and finding yeah. yourself and being okay. Um, but I feel like you guys are great. You guys are in great positions. You guys um, are introspective. You guys are respectful of yourselves and of others and all I think what anyone listening to this episode is going to get is that you're just really good human beings. And that's all we could ask for as a parent and, you know, as an auntie, as a as godmother is just like, are they fucking good people? You know, I don't give a fuck how much money you make. You know, I, I don't want to see you living on the streets, but are you a good person? <laughs> I feel like that carries on so much. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if you're like that and you take care of others, the, the universe is going to take care of you. So. Thank you so much for being on here. You guys are great. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Your industry is loud and congested. How will you cut through the noise while maintaining brand integrity? Regardless of how talented and creative your core team is, nearly all businesses need some level of support in order to communicate their message. From brand identity and graphic design to experiential and digital, let the team at Ritzy Periwinkle help you speak your mind and translate rough thoughts into captivating action. Visit ritzyperiwinkle.com today to schedule a no-cost 30-minute consultation to discuss the best creative strategies for your business. That's R-I-T-Z-Y-P-E-R-W-I-N-K-L-E.com. Ritzy Periwinkle. Let's build. And now, introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. Good vibration, yeah. That's the positive vibes that we create, yeah, yeah. The sounds that make you feel right, we're keeping blazing, yeah. Forever 
will shine in this light we keep in blazing yeah forever shine in this light oh yeah Shubidoo. Yeah. How cute was that? SMB Corner. My little man's, my little man's, he was so stoked. He he had asked me, because I'm in here while he's recording, uh, you know, doing the controls and stuff. He's like, could you just go and, I'm not going to try to beatbox here, but he was like, could you just, and I was like, no, mijo, I can't do that. I'm not a beatboxer. So I was like, why don't you record it on one track? And then record your vocals on another track. He was like, yeah. Um, so that's what we did. And then he had, you know, little technical difficulties where he wasn't sure where it started. Then I kind of showed him what it looked like and when the little marker was going to get to his his beatbox, the beginning of the beatbox vocals. And then he got it like on the third try. No problem. He was like, yes. And then we heard it. Uh, and then he called his Papa Bear over. And yeah, that was it. Little man's. Also, how amazing are Anna and Mariano? They're, I told you, I, I, you know, I told you I wasn't playing. They are amazing. And I'm so happy that we were able to do that. It was uh, early January when Anna was still hadn't started the semester or the quarter, whatever they do it now. And, uh, you know, uh, it worked out. I was like, what about today or something? I don't know what happened, but we were ended up doing it like that same day or the next day. And it just worked out timing. And we had a lot of fun. Uh, I will be posting the picture of us on the steps if you guys never seen that. Um, so follow on, especially on Instagram. I'll put it on either at, at the actual post or um, one of the stories. And then if you want to hear any, I made us dance hall, like old school dance hall reggae playlist on Spotify. Um, and I think that's what it's called, like old school, blah, blah, blah. I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes. Also, if you guys want to really be able to just click on anything that I say, oh, we're putting the show notes, just a reminder that you can uh, access those when you go directly to the website, to the episode page, specific uh, episode page. But also if you're on Apple podcast, on the podcast app for Apple on your phone, they're clickable links. They're not so much on Spotify, on mobile or um, tablet or anything like that, but on other platforms like TuneIn and Stitcher, I believe those those are clickable links. So yeah, do that. But uh, that's it for 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 now. Next up will, uh, will be Relatives, the the fourth installment of Relatives with uh, Mariano's mama. So we'll see you then. We reap. Word to Your Mama is only produced by Ritz B. The intro-outro is produced by Nico Beats. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzB.com and PanoplyBPO.com.